Bookworms Horror Podcast is sponsored by Creepy Crate. Creepy Crate is a horror and true crime subscription box filled with spooky collectibles, macabre accessories, and terrifying goodies. Each bi-monthly box is filled with over $85 of terror and includes at least one horror or true crime book. This box delivers dread to your doorstep for just $39.99 with free shipping. Go to creepycrate.store to subscribe. Use the code bookworm5 at checkout to get $5 off your subscription. That's bookworm5 for $5 off your subscription. And now to the show. Welcome to Bookworm's Horror, the podcast that offers you tips on writing, especially in the horror genre. My name is James Zipliti. I am the host of the Real Demons of Pop Culture podcast. This week's episode is all about the movie Halloween and the story of the Boogeyman. If you haven't yet picked up Bookworm's Horror Zine, you can get it in the Etsy link in the show notes. There are only a very little amount of issue one, the premiere issue left at a discount at $5 with free shipping. But issue two is still available, so go to the show notes, check it out. In this week's episode, Regina and I discuss distractions and time burglars. Regina is a Wadi Award winner for Best Horror Novel, as well as multiple screenwriting awards, including a Webby honoree. Regina is also the contributing editor of the best-selling Local Haunts, a horror tube anthology. Find Regina and her alter ego, Batilda, at her booktube channel, Regina's Haunted Library, and on her blog, rstclair.com. Regina and myself are the editors of the Bookworms Horror Zine, and since we're seeking great horror fiction for bookworms, we created this weekly podcast to offer writers quick tips on writing for the genre. Find all our links in the show notes. Now let's jump into my conversation with Regina as she speaks with me from her haunted library. All right, so this week we're going to talk about distractions and time burglars. And mm. so uh, let's call a distraction my kids, right, or my wife or something. I'm trying to do work in my office and they're knocking on the door or a dog that's jump running in and barking. Like, And by the way, Lucky's really not bark. <laughs> what, what happened? Did you oh, put, her on, put her down? No, this, <laughs> no they're uh, at the groomers today. Oh, saying is very quiet over there. I, I know. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> All right, but that's what I'm talking about with distractions. Time burglars, I would say, is Netflix scrolling mm. on social media. Uh, you know, anything that is and something you're doing that you probably should be doing your work. So let's first start with distractions. And do you have a lot? Well, you have your studio, so that's nice. It is um, nice. So do you get distractions there or do you work from home and that and that's why you go to the studio because it's too distracting at home? I I don't write at the studio because I don't my computer is here. I do have a laptop there but it's not I don't it's not really set up for writing although I might try to make that switch because I'm thinking of starting a writing separate writing channel, YouTube channel in the fall. In fact, I'm planning on doing it starting in September. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, so I might I might do some writing there, but I love working at the studio 
because I'm completely alone, no distractions. I find that working at home is distracting because I'm always looking around and seeing something that needs to be done in the house. Uh, and yeah. so even if the dogs aren't here, I'm looking around and I'm like, oh, I need to, oh, I didn't know how dusty that was. I got to clean that. Oh, you know, this type of thing. At the studio, it's just a big mess. It's very, it's a creative space, a big sandbox. I feel very free to do work there. So the distractions are just always going to be part of it. I think the biggest distraction that was ever created was that damn phone. Yes. So interesting that you brought that up because I have something I've been doing for the past week that to me, I cannot believe I'm doing it. And it's a game changer for me. I've been waking up at 5 a.m. I am not, never, never, never would say I was a morning person. Like I literally, so what happened was Sunday I had to get up and go to work, but I woke up for some reason at 5 a.m. And I'm like, I never have enough time in the morning on Sundays because it's an early shift. And so I was like, 5 a.m., I got up. I got so much done because everybody's asleep. So I have no distractions and I don't feel guilty about it either. Right? Like right now, uh, you know, my youngest is with my oldest and they're playing and stuff and they're doing that so I can do this. Um, But when I woke up at 5 a.m., I was able to do so much. And so I've been doing it every day. That's great. Well, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in that. I'm, I am an early riser and it's, it's the most sacred time of the day. And I am feeling that absolutely. Like for me, the other thing I'm doing is I'm scheduling my days, like really Mm -hmm. scheduling. Cause when we're talking about distractions and this is a quote somewhere, I said somewhere I read it. If you don't schedule your day, how do you know when you're being distracted? So Good example would be, I should be writing from 9 to 10. If I'm scrolling or watching Netflix between 9 and 10, I am clearly distracted. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have a schedule, you're just going to be like, well, I'll get to it or I'll do it. you know. But, and so how many hours are just going away because you don't know? I look at my schedule because I do it like for the whole week. Now, these are all these new things I'm doing. I see so much time I have now. Yes. And that works so well for me. But the other thing you said is that damn phone. Yes. This is something that I did and I was really nervous about it. But I literally keep my phone now in my office when I go to bed. Oh, that's good. That I literally always have my phone by my side. And especially when I sleep, it's right on my bedside table. But then I wake up in the middle of the night and then I'll just end up doing like the New York Times crossword puzzle. And then yeah. I'm not getting my sleep. So I, I think decide- it's, yeah, I, I put my phone in a completely different space when I sleep. And it's, I, I feel like it's very unhealthy to have your phone there by your head while you're sleeping. <laughs> but everyone does it. Everyone does it. And it's like. I used to do it. and I've stopped. Yeah. And I've found it very um, helpful because I don't sleep well to begin with. And this has changed it where it's like I get up at five and that way when I go to bed, I'm actually tired because I wasn't like Mm -hmm. sleeping through the day and not having the phone doesn't keep me up for another hour. 
I know. I, I listen to a, a lot of YouTube like podcasts on my phone, mm-hmm. like when I'm working at the studio or something. And that I feel okay about because I'm actually doing work while I'm listening to a podcast. But it's sitting down and scrolling through Twitter or something, which I admit that I do sometimes. To me, it's like that is just the biggest waste of time. It is. And that's the thing that really upsets me with creatives. And I have conversations with creatives all the time. And I say, well, what are you working on or what are you doing? I just can't find the time. But then they'll sit and tell me about the binge, the Netflix show they just binged. Right. Like, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. Even if you're working 40 hours a week, you are watching a show. You are watching TV. Yeah. And I, I don't watch TV until I'm in bed. Yeah, me too. And then I'll watch a show. I watched like half of an episode and then usually I'm asleep. That's like my time to watch TV is right before bed. And I don't even read before bed because my eyes are really tired. But I have scheduled in an hour of reading time a day, and Me that's too. really been great. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. And I, I do kind of set my phone on a timer across the room with the, I guess, the ringer turn. I don't know how I manage that. So I can't get any texts. I can't get any distractions. And I'll read for an hour. And that's wonderful, too, just to just schedule in reading time, especially if you're writing. You need to keep always keep reading yes and i've read i've been reading some good books and i'm enjoying it yeah in addition to scheduling reading time schedule social media time so Mm -hmm. it's not that we are saying don't go on because like you said you scroll through twitter or you might be scrolling through instagram but if you schedule from five to six i'm gonna look at instagram or from five to six i'm gonna watch my show fine Mm-hmm. But that way, you know, this is the time where you're going to schedule distraction. Exactly. You, that, and that's a good thing. Like, if, if it's hard to stay away from your phone or to doom scroll through Twitter, which there is something enjoyable about it, let's face it, schedule it. Like, yes. I'm only allowed to do that for 20 minutes a day, let's say, which is a lot. That's 20 minutes out of your life. Yeah. Well, you know, the average person uh, is on social media two hours a day. That's a lot. It is. And that's that is average. A lot. There are so many people, I believe, I believe the average average is probably higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I, I fear for the time when the Apple Vision thing is going to be affordable for everyone. And it won't be as obnoxious. Like right now, it looks like ski goggles. Mm. And... You really what? only get two hours of battery life if you're not plugged in, but you can get all day if you're sitting there plugged in. Do you, do you think that there will be implants? <laughs> I don't know about implants. I read an article about this years ago and saying that they feel that that will be where the people will draw the line. Will revolt. But I do believe that Apple will succeed in finding a way to make it as small and comfortable as reading glasses Mm. and once that happens because you're you can't really go walking around in the world with these things you could actually but um because you can see it's a augmented reality in addition to virtual reality and it's going to 
just increase the problems we already have. And I hope Apple doesn't hear this because then I'll <laughs> probably have to find another job. But literally, it's going to increase the problems we already have. I just imagine families sitting around the dinner table with these glasses on. Yeah. Or being they're used as as a babysitter the way in the 1950s that the, the television or the 60s television was used. Yeah, right. I feel very happy now that as a child that we had very ter- really bad TV reception <laughs> and it forced us to go outside and play and read books and, and be creative. I, I think that I don't, I don't want to shame anyone for being on social media all the time or being on the phone, but I think it's important that all of us, every one of us assess our relationship to the phone or the computer or social media, really break it down and give ourselves some time to engage with that, but also time to disengage with it is very important. Just for mental health in general, well, whether that's, you're that's what we're creative that's or not. The problem here is the mental health, and it does impinge. If that's the right word, I believe it is. It does impinge on your creativity. Mm, yes, it actually is scientifically proven to be. You will be less creative the more you use social media. It's just not getting you where you need to be. And I also feel like. Well, it's unhealthy. Uh, And I also think I'm, I remember when Facebook started, there was something very exciting about that and connecting with people that you haven't known for a long time. And and now it's evolved to the point where I don't, like I had said before in a different podcast that I don't, I, I pretty much censor everything I put, like I don't bear my soul on Facebook much. And don't really want to. I find it to be a rather boring experience now. Or do you feel that way too? Like I feel like it's 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 not that interesting. No, I don't uh, find that much joy in it. So my relationship would be, like I said, is I find joy in creating. So I'll create a video. Like I did a video today about the Frankenstein um, radio drama. Mm-hmm vinyl record that I got at a thrift store. Oh my gosh, that's and, great. And I have like this head that I use to put like my headphones on. I had like people name it and it's now Oh, her, I saw that. Yeah, yeah that was cool. Lucille. So now okay. I had I came up today with this idea to have her talk to me and I, I respond to her. So to me, one, it's super creative. It was fun. I enjoyed recording it. I then you know, I then go and post it and then I just get offline. Yes, and, I, I posted, I don't know if you saw the video I did about Greg McGarvey. Yes. I, I just posted that. And that was a, a creative act that I did. And it was it's to promote the show that we're doing in August. And I posted it and just walked away. And I mean, maybe now I'll see if anyone's commented. But it was fun to put it out there and to yep. make it. Yeah. But that's what I, I don't mean. have to I, sit I love there and stuff. obsess over it. Right. I don't. I don't have to care whether people, I, you know, I want people to see it and I want people to enjoy yeah. it, but I don't stress over that. If it doesn't work, it, I, I go to the next thing. I just move on to the next thing because I've had, I did have the experience of have things go viral and it doesn't really change anything, mm. right? You just, you just keep plugging along. 
getting yeah. a million views. I have another one that has 600,000 views. Wow, Whatever. Which, which one has a million views? The one where you're just reacting? So, to yeah, I'm reacting to a preacher uh, who's talk, who got interviewed by, um, like, Inside Edition or something. Oh, okay. And he's, like, talking really creepy and stuff, and it's just like, oh, my God, like, this is super creepy. And it's got over a million views, and I'm like, and now I don't have audio on it because Inside Edition found out about it. And they oh. Took, <laughs> yeah. So I've gotten... Wow, you're on that level. Yeah, so much <laughs> viral that they actually said, this guy's uh, infringing on our... Uh, huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Well, you've arrived. Yeah, yeah and that doesn't feel any different than not arriving. Mm. Well, there's feel- the lesson, right? Yeah. There's And no- that's the lesson to any creative. Don't worry about it. Just do your do your creativity and try to just keep it keep perspective on it, but don't not do it. Yeah, it's sort of this Buddhist uh lesson of non-attachment. Mm. The idea that you don't get attached to good or bad. You just do the work and, and move on to the next. And if, if it gets a million views, you're not attached to that. If it gets zero views, you're not attached to that. It doesn't it does not validate you to have that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. Just do the work and move on. And if you don't enjoy doing the work, then why are you doing it? Right. And if you if you need a proof of that, just look at any person who's rich and famous. It's not what makes them happy. Exactly. That's it. And we'll be back next week with a new episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Bookworms Horror Podcast. All our links are in the show notes. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Bookworms is a Gorilla Delphia production. Yeah!